Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, show where you get comics and you get sports. I'm the host, Matt Pierce. You can find me on Twitter at mpierce6. That's at M-E-M-P-E-A-R-C-E and the number six. And today we're going to be talking comic book type stuff. And when I'm talking comics, you know I got my buddy Kevin Miller here. Kevin, how's it going? Happy birthday, buddy. Not too bad. Glad to be back. And uh, yes, today is my birthday. Thank you. All right. So hit him up on Facebook and whatnot, wishing him happy birthday. Um, so we're going to do things a little differently today. Normally you and I come on here and we've got one specific topic or a commentary track to one specific thing that we kind of go over. Um, today we're going to go over a few because I don't think I've had you on in a while. And uh, we got a few uh, things going on in the mix right now. I believe uh, Comic-Con started today. Mm-hmm. E3 was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we got the Ant-Man movie coming up. We got the Fantastic Four movie coming up, and then the Ant-Man movies in a week and a half. Um, so we'll be doing, uh, we'll, we'll likely uh, go see that and then do a review on it like we did for Age of Ultron. Sure. Um, might be doing a little bit of backtracking a little bit because, uh, like I said, we haven't had a chance to talk in a while. And... A lot of stuff that we have are hearsay and um, <laughs> rumors. <laughs> likely get new uh, info once Comic Con really gets going because it just started today, but they haven't really unveiled all the big. True, true. Yeah, like sixty uh, percent of what we're talking about today could be completely wrong in two days. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that's <laughs> very true. Uh, so so we, we we could be dating ourselves a little bit. Um, specifically, well, because we could get right into it because one of the things that apparently Warner Brothers is going to be announcing at Comic-Con, and they may have done so already, and I just missed it. I don't think they have, but apparently, I don't know if you heard about this, but Chris Pine mm-hmm. has apparently been rumored to be seen around the Warner Brothers studio recently. Interesting. And apparently, if you are to believe the internet, which I do for about everything, all right, of course. Um, if it's if on the internet, it must be true, right? Exactly. If it's on the internet, it must be true. If you were to believe the internet, um, Chris Pine might be the next something for um, one of the DC Comics characters. Well, that's a very broad rumor. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a very broad, but the two the two specific ones are Steve Trevor. Yeah. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Uh, I could see that. That makes sense to me. Yes. Wonder Woman's uh, man and helper. And it's kind of uh, Steve Trevor's kind of the Robin to Wonder Woman's Batman. Mm-hmm. The other rumor, Hal Jordan. Oh, that's interesting. That Chris Pine, and they're going to try to uh, reboot Green Lantern in essentially what will be titled. I, I assume the title will be Green Lantern, like colon, we're sorry. This time for real. I, yeah, this is for real this time. Um, what would you rather see if those, if one of those two rumors were to be true? What would you rather see Chris Pine in the role of Steve Trevor or Hal Jordan? Well, this one's an easy one for me, uh, Steve Trev, because uh, as much as I don't care for who they've cast as Wonder Woman in the Batman Superman thing, I've been wanting a Wonder Woman movie for a long time. And I don't much care for Green Lantern just as a general concept. I've never seen it done in a very compelling way, at least for me. Yeah, well, I mean, one would think if you can get a Guardians of the Galaxy movie to work, mm-hmm. 
you should be able to get a Green Lantern movie to work. And I would agree with you. Um, if it were someone other than Warner Brothers behind it, where, like, they've kind of gone in different directions lately. Like, as much as I didn't like the um, Ryan Reynolds uh, Green Lantern movie, it was at least goofy and fun in that sort of Guardians of the Galaxy-esque sort of way, whereas DC movies more recently have just been, like, darker and grittier and grayer and everything that we've talked about before. And it doesn't feel right for a, uh, you know, a, a cosmic playground sort of setting. Yeah, they did. They did try to give that uh, the, uh, the Ryan Reynolds one a little bit of reverence, like they're they're trying to be silly. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and sure, and 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 like I say, that movie was kind of back and forth on tone a lot, which is what I kind of found weird about it. Like it just, it just well, turned on time, that right? Was <laughs> but um. What I'm kind of getting at is if the general tone and aesthetic that DC is going for over the last, let's say, five years um, is, you know, bigger, better, more badass, and let's just desaturate all the color out of this. I mean, I, I want to see Green Lantern effects on screen if I'm seeing a live-action Green Lantern movie, and I just see that they would, you know, make it sort of this gray-green. <laughs> like, we don't have, uh, you know, Superman's basically wearing what is effectively a gray suit. Like, these movies might as well be in black and white. Yeah, I mean, they... <sighs> DC, they haven't really, other outside of the Nolan films, they haven't really captured it because, I mean, they, they certainly tried to make uh, Superman, especially in Man of Steel, like a darker version of Superman, which, quite frankly, doesn't work for that specific character. But they, they, um, they really tried to make DC seem, like, they tried to make the DC movies seem more adult compared to their Marvel counterparts. I mean, the way that, that I've seen it really described off, but... is that they're kind of apologist about it, where Marvel would be like, you know, here's the crazy stuff, and we're not going to apologize for it, and you know, we're taking a property that you've never heard of, and it's crazy and it's weird, and we're going to put it on big screen exactly as it should be, and and not pull any punches, and everyone loves them for it. Whereas DC's like, you know what? Um, you know, this isn't your daddy's Superman. Like, he's, you know, Superman for a new generation, a new, harder, edgier, you know. It's the Superman for teens, basically. It, it just seems like they aren't embracing what their characters are. They're trying to pitch them towards a certain audience. Yeah, which they need to stop doing, aside from Batman. So um, I think my point is that Chris Pine is the guy that we've seen recently, um, mostly in the newer uh, rebooted Star Trek movies. Yes. Um, which, for all the reverence that they put into place and all the big world-changing stuff they do, are generally fun movies. And so you're used to seeing him playing like this smarmy, you know, kind of a prick Captain Kirk who's generally having a lot of fun but also saving the day, um, which seems kind of off-tone for a main character in the DC Universe movies right now. So I can't see him playing like a leading role necessarily, like a Hal Jordan, but I could see him being like a sidekick to a Wonder Woman, if that makes any sense. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I would do. Or the character's allowed to have a little levity like that. Yeah, here's what I would do. I mean, I think Chris Pine would make a fantastic Steve Trevor, and I... I that one think, that one more visually makes sense to me. Yeah, too. and I could absolutely see him in that role, and if he gets that role, I wish him nothing but the best of luck, and I know he'll slay it. 
Um, it's fun too because I'm thinking like outside, like okay, who are these characters? And I'm like Steve Trev and Hal Jordan are both like air, like <laughs> like um, Air Force guys, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're both <laughs> like, like kind of army guys. One, I, yeah, and I guess yeah, they are both air pilots. They are both Air Force. Like, they kind of spill a similar. Like I bet someone probably saw him on set wearing like a bomber jacket. They're like, all right, he's one of these two characters. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, Here's the thing. If if I here if I was to do a Green Lantern movie, I would, you know, just try to get like why not try to get Hal Jordan and like John Stewart and do like kind of an ebony and ivory. Yeah, have like a like Green space Lantern po- core space police guy, and then kind of, yeah, like have an actual like Green Lantern core movie. I agree with that. I was about to say like I don't know that I would if I were to do a Green Lantern movie that I would have Hal Jordan again. I think it's too soon. I think it'd be too. It'd be easy, especially now that they're kind of, they've kind of rebooted the universe with the new Batman, the new newer Superman, uh, to just have a a different Green Lantern and not have it be the same character. Much the same as when everyone was saying uh, that they were doing a Marvel Spider-Man that they could easily do like a Miles Morales or someone other than Peter Parker. Yeah, well, we'll get into Spider-Man in a bit. Um, yep. uh, let me ask you this. Just as far as the Green Lanterns go, how many people do you think between the ages of 15 and 30? Like, do you, would you say the majority of people between the ages of 15 and 30, um, when they hear Green Lantern, they think of the Justice League animated series and think John Stewart? I was actually thinking this. Um, I saw something online recently, and I don't remember what exactly it was. Um, it was, oh, God. It, it was a, one of the animated shows, I think maybe Young Justice or something where there was Hal Jordan as, um, no, it was the Superman Doom um, movie, the one that's on, uh, uh, yeah, the oh. Justice League Doom movie, where yes. it actually is Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern, and someone yep. just like a screen cap of it, and they're like, you know, who is seeing this movie, like, that is um, in their 20s or younger, and, like, is completely confused why the Green Lantern is a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like, like even for me like i didn't have much exposure to the like i knew how jordan was the green lantern but that didn't mean anything to me because i always saw like john stewart or even even more often i would see kyle rayner as like the like even My kyle rayner more often than how um how jordan i would see but uh yeah john stewart is the one that i am the most exposed to yeah, like in, and I think that would be true for most of the populace as well, because I think I think a lot of people when they hear Green Lantern, they remember that Justice League animated series. That well, and I think it's very generational too. Like, that's yeah, what I'm saying like if you're if you're a DC fan between the ages of let's say ten and and twenty five, like yeah, John Stewart's probably your man. Yeah. So having said that, I mean, just. Give him a shot, right? Like I, I say, you, you you go right and you do John Stewart Green Lantern. You make it that's so, the movie going audience. <laughs> yeah, and you get that, like you get that audience of people who know or perceive John Stewart to be their green like like John Stewart's their Green Lantern, right? In the way I guess Kyle Rayner's kind of my Green Lantern, and and Hal Jordan would be the the generation before and kind of the generation now if we picked it up in the new Fifty Two, but in the middle sure. there. It's John Stewart, especially when DC was at the height of its popularity with the animated series mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'd say go for it and do, um, and you know what? Let's let's get a black guy to 
be the main character in one of these. Like, let's let's do it. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's too late now because flipping, I like, because imagine Will Smith in like oh, John, yeah. John Stewart, Will Smith. I mean, John Stewart, Will Smith's doing Deadshot. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, I mean, I mean, well, no, and that's what I was thinking. Can't. I'm like trying to think of uh, black actors who I would like to see in the role, and I'm like, well, all the black actors that immediately come to mind for this sort of role are either already in the DC or Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no rule that says Will Smith can't play two characters, though, right? <laughs> so, well, I mean, they're sort of. <laughs> yeah, well. well, he'll be wearing a mask. If you're trying to brand a person in your universe, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. But I, I mean, how much? play do they plan on getting out of dead shot i would say with this suicide squad i don't know man we'll see (laughs) yeah i guess we'll see like i'm (laughs) I'm super pumped so you mentioned uh spider-man uh we have a new spider-man spiderman it's another generic white kid Mm -hmm. but he's a kid which i enjoy he's not toby mcguire adults playing a kid yeah um Toby at least pulled it off. The other guy, Andrew Garfield, I don't know. Well, Toby pulled it off for like a movie and a half. Um, yeah, Andrew true. Garfield, no. Yeah, I guess this Tom Holland kid, I've never seen him act in anything. I guess he was in some sort of... Uh, yeah, I had no idea who he was. No idea who he is. I guess he was in some sort of disaster movie that was based on the tsunami. Okay. Uh, I think it's called Invincible or un, un, not Unbreakable. Unbreakable was that war movie. It's called Invincible or I don't know. I'm, I never saw the movie, but... The yeah, um, Untouchables. The, is that what? It, yeah, the untouchable. Is absolutely untouchable. Um, I just, I can't. It, you know what I don't need in my life? Mm. Um, someone playing Spider-Man, playing Peter Parker. I don't need Peter Parker in my life. Just don't. I well, just don't. I don't need Peter Parker in my life. I want Spider-Man in my life. I don't want Peter Parker in my life. In my, in 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 my perfect Spider-Man movie. Um, he never take like don't even bother casting a person. Cast a voice. Oh, I see. Like cast a voice. Never have um, Spider Man take off the mask. You can CG it. You save yourself probably a ton of money because you don't have to shoot guys in screen time. And then you just cast someone with a voice. And then oh God, like I just I can't imagine anything I need. I know where life. you're coming from. I I do disagree. <laughs> Because I think that there's a lot uh, that's compelling about Spider-Man as a character that is a very human story rather than a superhero story. Um, so to cast him as basically just this mask and he has no like personal life is kind of disingenuous to the character, in my opinion. I, well, I would agree with that statement if this wasn't the third Spider-Man reboot. Well, I, yes, and and that's why I'm saying like I partially disagree. I know exactly where you're coming from, but I understand where they have to do something. <laughs> like it's just they like you. You mentioned Miles Morales earlier, and I don't know if you noticed know this, but in the new Marvel universe that they have, mm-hmm. Miles Morales is Spider-Man. Like like he's 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 retconned as Spider-Man. So we have the half black, half Latina Spider-Man. So what you want, and this might be like a deep cut, is like a uh, Cassandra Cain Batgirl. Maybe. Who, who yeah. never takes off the mask and never says anything. <laughs> well, not that bad. Like, I want, in, in, in my world, they would have put, they put Spider-Man in the Avengers movie. He just never takes off the mask and he's Spider-Man. Well, all the and then that's where I think that you might be okay with how it goes. Uh, where, uh, as far as I know, the um, he's showing up as Spider-Man in Civil War before he has his standalone movie. 
I suppose. I just, so we might get just, you know, Spider-Man as Spider-Man, and maybe he takes the mask off for, like, a total of three minutes of screen time, and that's it, and then we get the, sort of as a a follow-up, the movie that's actually about him, and there'll be more Peter Parker in that one, obviously, but it, it won't be at first. So there won't be an origin story, because we'll already have that character existing. I suppose. I just, I can't do the greater power comes great. I can't do that origin again. I just can't. Yeah, someone's saying can't. the same words a different way. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Um, they cast Marissa Tomei, Oscar-winning actress Marissa, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May today, um, which I'm fine with. Uh, the, the picture that I saw was funny because it basically showed like a picture of Marissa Tomei as she looks today, and she's still a, a nice-looking lady. Oh yeah, uh, but then they they had like a pic, like a panel from the comic from maybe like 1985 or 1990, like that sort of era of comic drawing of Aunt May, and she just looks like 95 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and you couldn't find a, a better picture to be like, oh yeah, you can kind of see the resemblance. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, just I don't know. I to me, I would. I would certainly more rather see the Miles Morales, like a thousand percent. I would rather see the Miles Morales than the Peter Parker. And if we're going to go through the journey and we're actually going to go to do the journey of Peter Parker in high school, which it seems like we're about to do with the casting of Tom Holland because he is like 16 years old. So mm -hmm. we're, we're actually going to like him being there and being 16 year old will actually have some reverence when he's standing next to the Hulk and you know, nearly 50 year old Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man mm -hmm. and uh, the, you know, Norse god Thor, right? And it's like, hey, here's this teenager who can, you know, he's like, you know, it's like a week ago, his biggest concern was getting laid and now he's <laughs> trying to save the world, right? That will at least have some, you know, some, you know, that, that, that'll at least carry as far as the movie goes. But All I want is if they cast a bully to kind of push Peter Parker around, I want it to be Zachary Ty Bryant. <laughs> I want him to play every bully and everything ever. Yeah, well, yeah he plays Flash Thompson. <laughs> he's like 30-something years old by now, I'm sure. I'm sure he's probably late 30s, mid, mid to late 30s. Um, yeah, because like I said, I would just... <laughs> if they just had him in a suit the whole time and he was just swinging around like that, because like... Nobody gives a fuck. Right, and like I say, I imagine that's exactly what we'll get for Civil War. Yeah, I, I hope. Or it's so. just like here's this guy. <laughs> I want them to put him in the. They better put him in the Iron Man suit for Civil War. I wonder if they'll do that. They probably won't because I think it'll be too too much of a deep cut for. Well, and consider like I mean it's not exactly the same because the character doesn't wear a mask, but that's more or less what we've gotten out of um, uh, out of uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow where she was always Black Widow until, like, halfway through Winter, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. So for, like, a full, you know, not that she had her own movie at that point, but uh, she was in, like, three other Avengers movies before then. Yeah. And always, like, either on the job or as Black Widow. Like, you know, she would be in disguise as, like, another character or, you know, posing as Tony Stark's secretary, but always kind of on the job, but... You know, we had we didn't get really any development for her the same way that I think that you're worried about here, and and the only difference is that you know that character doesn't wear a full face mask. <laughs> yeah, I just 
in my perfect in, in my world he just never takes off the costume for the next film because everybody knows that spider-man story and there's no reason to retell any of the origins and quite frankly aunt may scenes are getting a little old um, and I, I know where you're coming from out like, of touch. I, I agree with you um i i trust the marvel studio to do it right at this point <laughs> i don't know i just i'm i'm because Spider-Man was one of my all-time favorite characters, and they they've been pissing on him for a while now. Maybe they'll get him right. I just in my in my head, he just he never takes off the costume. Because you know who I would have liked to, see? you know who would have made a great just voice for Spider-Man, Paul Walker. May he rest in peace. Like imagine <laughs> we could have had Paul Walker just voicing Peter Parker, not playing, just voicing Peter Parker, and then we could have eventually got him and Groot in the same scene, and then him Does and he have Jim a good Diesel. voice? Now I'm struggling to remember. Oh yeah, he would have been like Paul Walker would have had a perfect like Spider-Man voice because he can pull off that like. Oh man, get a real voice actor and get Billy West as Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Billy West as Spider-Man. Sure, why the heck not? I don't, I mean, just oh, he'd love it. Just anything. Um, like I said, I hope they put him in the Civil War costume or that the Iron Man costume. Um, like I said, I don't think they'll do that because it's probably too much of a. That's probably too nerdy for mainstream, but. For those of you who don't know the story, um, I sure don't. I don't know if that is. <laughs> well, what happens is when the Civil War plot happens, um, to- Tony takes the side of, you know, we should become like a police force and we should regulate ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the big pitches that he does is he convinces Peter Parker to unmask himself on live TV and be the first person who sort of takes the step of, I'm revealing my identity so that we can get this regulation going and serve the world better right so interesting spider-man goes on live tv unmasks himself says i'm peter parker i've been spider-man since i was 15 years old and in the comics at the time he was probably like mid-20s um and that that was sort of tony stark getting the ball rolling on you know the guys unmasking themselves and becoming a police force and then basically once Peter Parker turns around, Tony Stark puts his arm around him and says, okay, now about the costume. <laughs> like, if you're going to be on my team, you're not going to be wearing this little, like, nylon piece of shit that yeah, you this, sold. This spider onesie. <laughs> yeah, this spider onesie that you sold, you know, sewed yourself. So he builds him, like, he builds him a golden red Iron Man, Spider-Man suit that oh. is one of the most badass things that Marvel's it done. Corny as hell. <laughs> oh, it, well, no, it looks cool though the way they designed it because he had like spider arms coming out of this out of it and stuff too. And yeah, I don't know. I always thought it looked cool. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see them do it. Um, Batman Superman. Mm-hmm. We have confirmed that Aquaman and the Flash are going to be in it. But we knew Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, we knew Aquaman. Apparently, the Flash is going to be in it too. I don't know how in depth they're going to do it. Um, I can't remember who it, it was. The guy from Perks of Wallflowers, like, is apparently playing. Uh, oh, I see. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is right. 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 Supposed yeah, to be no, playing that. <laughs> the Flash. Um, no relation. Apparently he's just going to be in a uh, yeah, no relation. Uh, apparently he's rumor has it, and I don't want to like spoilers or like this might not even be spoilers, but this uh, is speculation. This is but, a yeah. <laughs> opposite of our spoiler cast that we normally have. This is speculation cast. Yeah, this is this is speculation. Um, allegedly, what's going to happen is Batman is going to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, good rumor. 
Yeah, well, Batman will be doing something, and then he's going to be looking at these. Like, I think he's going to be invading like LexCorp, and he's going to see a bunch of uh, uh, security cameras or something like that. And Batman's going to go through one of the security cameras, and he's going to see one of the security cameras, and there's going to be like a robbery going on. Okay. And then all of a sudden, there's just going to be like a, you know, and there's going to be a blur, and then all of a sudden, those guys are going to be under, like, th- those guys will no longer be robbing whatever they're doing, and they will be arrested and you know i'll go oh my god it was the flash right like, nobody can outrun the flash nope nobody can outrun the flash um i don't understand I, like i so I, just as like a quick cameo then you mean? yeah i think i think it's supposed to be just kind of a quick cameo i'm like i'm not sure what's gonna happen but um i don't know why wouldn't they just use grant gustin and put him in the movie if it's just gonna be a cameo like that like, what do you think? Like, I don't know. If it's just going to be a kid, like, if that, like, that's what they do. Like, maybe that's not what they do. But if that's what they're going to do, why would you hire the kid from Perks of Wallflowers? Just get Grant Gustin to show up in his cheesy TV show suit. Hey, I like that suit. I, oh, yeah. Well, I think it well, certainly looks better than the one we had in the 90s, right? But, uh, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Just do that. And just, like, you have a... Just tie it in. Give me at least 45 seconds during this movie that I can wouldn't be happy. Be, wouldn't it be 40? It would be five. Like, you, you <laughs> no, could... I, I mean I mean the lasting after effect. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? Like, cause it would be, And then he could just like, you know, whiz by, arrest those guys, and then just like stare into the camera and be like, is that a yeah. camera? You know, Give and a then, smile and a wink and then speed away. <laughs> yeah, and then speed away. And it, it would be great. Like, I don't know. I, to me, it just it just seems like... dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> I, it seems like they're kind of dropping the ball. Because, like, I'll bet you Marvel would put uh, what's-his-face from Daredevil in Civil War when it happens. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, the thing is, is now Marvel is, like, one insular studio, whereas I think that, uh, like, the CW and WB are kind of different be still sort of somehow i'm not really sure what the structure there is i don't know i suppose i i suppose but i i still think that they could be dead. but i mean if you can put the flash in it all it you it's i assume that you can have a, the same actors yeah who uh, knows i'm not sure how that works i'm not a studio exec <laughs> speaking of the daredevil show you? we've got our uh we've got our electra Cast God, I'm so for... looking forward to that next season. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, we don't have to wait long. It's only 2016, right? And we're going to get a nice little Jessica Jones uh, series to tie us over. You know, That's right. Yeah, that'll be in, you know. up shortly. But I have no idea how to pronounce this this woman's name. Elodie Young? Oh, yes. Elodie. El- uh, Elodie? Is that how you pronounce it? It's a French name. Yeah. French, well, I assume it was something. Uh, she was in uh, District 13. Mm-hmm. And one of the G.I. Joe movies, I don't remember which one. I think the second one. I can't believe there were two G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> um, oh, I can. <laughs> she's going to be fantastic, I know. And she's already got, like, the hair to play. Like, they don't even need to do anything with her with her dome piece as far as playing Electra. I mean, I'm sure they will, but hmm. and they'll put it in the hands of professionals. But she's going to be fantastic. I, I, I know that. That is gonna be fantastic i i'm i'm really looking for honestly as in in this entire marvel cinematic universe thing we've had going on nearly what over close to seven eight years now yeah we're going on about eight years we're just over eight years eight years i am i have anticipated 
nothing more than I like, like I am most excited out of everything for even the event, even more than the Avengers movie. When it was the first time it was like, they're all going to be together. Holy shit. I am like the daredevil season two. I am most excited for that. Like it's the most excited I've been for in any of the Marvel. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, I'm well, I'm actually really excited for civil war too, just because I liked winter soldier so much. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Um, God, though, they did get us with the Avengers, though. You announced, like, right at the end of the uh, first Iron Man movie, like, oh, we were starting a team called the Avengers. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> then we wait five years for a movie to come out about it. Yeah, that's true. Jeez. Um, getting back to DC, mm-hmm. they announced that in 2018, there is going to be a movie titled The Batman. <laughs> oh, no, did they? Yeah, they're going to do The Batman. <laughs> And it will star and be directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, well, I have known Ben Affleck to be able to direct himself before. So yep. that's interesting. I think, and, and Affleck, we and know. That's not, and Ben Affleck is not Zack Snyder. <laughs> no, he's not Zack Snyder. So. And he cares I'm... about the Batman character, which is why I'm cautiously very, and we're not like, cautiously is not a strong enough word. We have to make a stronger, like, we have to make up a word for how cautiously optimistic I am about this Batman Superman movie. Like the, the closer we get to it. Uh, cautiously which, optimistic. Yeah. That's, that's not yeah. the word optimistic is in there. There is a single yeah. ray of hope. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. And it's just like, I, at the very, like there's no way Affleck is going to be bad. Like the worst part of this movie, right? Like that's no, just not, not question. Of course not. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Like I think I think Affleck will take care of his, and also I think Affleck being on set will. I think all Affleck has to do is show up and be mediocre, and we'll yeah, pass in that. In what I, I, I expect. Like I said, cautiously, cautiously optimistic about the Batman Superman, but I'll tell you, as weirded out as I am for Batman Superman. You tell me it, I got to wait two or three years for a Batman movie directed by Ben Affleck and starring him. And we know that Ben Affleck actually likes Batman and cares about the character and read like a lot of the old Dark Knight, like Frank Miller type stuff. And mm-hmm. that tends to be his favorite stuff. So he actually, you know, gives a shit about this character. And Right. I actually am much more optimistic. Like I hadn't known this was a thing until you just said it like three minutes ago, but uh, that sounds pretty great. I, I'm, I'm optimistic for that one. I'm not even cautiously. So um, yeah. And allegedly that, it's sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. The thing that I can say, um, having only seen maybe a couple of Ben Affleck's movie that maybe I'm kind of reading this wrong as well. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, is that he, as a director, I think, likes to do more with less, which is kind of what I like in a Batman hero-style movie, uh, where you don't need to have everything be bigger and badder and you know more world-ending consequences so much as you can just have an interesting detective story with this sort of vigilante edge on it, sort of like we got of the Daredevil series. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Where, yeah, everything doesn't need to be like Superman or Avenger-style world-saving sort of huge epic adventures. It can be like just him taking down some thugs. So you could have someone more lower, lower, like lower on the Batman villain totem pole as a villain in that. So you could have like a movie centered around the Scarecrow or like uh, 
some like black mask or something like that would that'd be very interesting yeah which is what we said we loved mostly about back in our daredevil pod mm-hmm. um, the thing we said that we loved the most about it was daredevil was very much fighting for just a block and a half right like and it, then it, it felt real yeah and it wasn't it wasn't him and they were able to mention the avengers and sprinkle in the fact that you know new york had been the destroyed invasion happened downtown <laughs> yeah new york had been destroyed by the chitari but when it was all said and done yeah basically there were was, a few people left to clean up the mess <laughs> yeah daredevil was basically fighting the kingpin for like manhattan right he wasn't even fighting for all of new york he was fighting for like one of the five districts in new york right. so so right? yeah what well, that's what, exactly what i'm getting at so it would feel very down to earth and real and getting back to the roots of the character where in the face of um all this justice league stuff that's going to be happening around it where you can have him off on these you know grand world saving adventures with the justice league but also as the caretaker of one metropolitan city yeah, I mean, and allegedly, this is going to be... Um, I mean, Af- I hope, I hope. <laughs> yeah, a- allegedly, Affleck will be building off what they hope to be there is DC's universe after um, after this Batman-Superman movie. Like, they're hoping, to, they're hoping to deflect everything off of this Batman-Superman, which is why they're trying to sprinkle everybody in. Um, yeah, as, as a kind of... Um... Aside on that point, if we're going to go off on a small tangent, um, right, do we ahead. know um, what city the or like whereabouts the setting of this Batman Superman is? I think it's I think it's just supposed to be in the big two. I think it's just Metropolis. So it's Metropolis and Gotham and Gotham. Yeah, well, because it would have to be because we've seen. I just didn't know if like, because we have like a Lex Luthor that it would be like more Metropolis. Yeah. I, well, I think it'll be. Yeah. I, if you if you were to ask me, I would say seventy percent Metropolis and then thirty percent Gotham because Batman's going to be you know in we've seen the shots of him like in his cave and stuff. Right. Like that, yeah. Right. So we know there's going to be some Gotham in there, but like because in the Frank Miller one, when they have the fight, Superman goes. You know, uh, Superman flies over. Or they do this thing where, like, Batman and Carrie Kelly are sitting around. Carrie Kelly's the female Robin at the time, mm-hmm. are sitting around, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this big like whoosh over them, and you know it's supposed to be big blue. Mm-hmm. And then Superman <laughs> or Batman or Bruce Wayne looks down, and in the ground, Superman lasered the you know where with a question mark into it. I see. And uh, it's him just saying, "Okay, where are we doing this?" And then Batman goes yells or yells the word or bruce wayne says the words crime alley and he knows you know what the superheroing that batman or that superman can hear him yep and then they have the final showdown in crime alley where his parents were killed so that that you know batman essentially has the home field advantage for that uh whether or not they'll do that in batman v superman i can't imagine they will because they won't have built up the or maybe they go for it. I don't know. Just for the reference to to Frank Miller. So. I was gonna say the uh, the laser etching of the word "where" in what I assume is a giant grass field in flames. I mean, that yeah, sounds, that sounds pretty like an awesome visual effect. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic in the uh, in the comic book. And when they did that in uh, the animated the, the DC animated years, they got that part of it right. That was mm-hmm. well, they got most of that damn thing right. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, they're really trying to cram a lot into this Batman Superman. I just, because, like, now now we know the Flash is going to be in it. We know Aquaman's in it. We know Wonder Woman's in it. I don't well, know. I, I, and that's, again, I think of all the things that worry me, that is definitely one of them. Um, well, one, of these, but, one of these guys has just got to be, like, a PS scene, right? Like, 
Well, Aquaman... that's just it. Like, you can have, like, a bunch of, like, three-minute cameos, but why? Yeah, well, the Aquaman thing to me, because, like, we know we're getting an Aquaman movie next, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Aquaman should be, like, the PS scene at the end. That, like, the, there should be something that sets up the PS scene at the end. Like, maybe Batman and Superman accidentally destroy, like, part of the ocean during the fight. And then at the end, you see Aquaman go... It's payback time. Yeah, payback time, bitches, or something like that. Or you know what you do? Do what they did in the uh, the DC animated universe. They did they did one thing in the DC animated universe where um the very first when they rebooted the Justice League in uh-huh. the DC animated universe, they rebooted it with um Cyborg, uh, who was voiced by Shamar Moore, hot and uh, <laughs> uh who is. The uh, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, the Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, uh, and Captain Marvel, uh, or Shazam, whatever you want to call him. And once they, the first guy they beat um, as the Justice League, because they need some big thing to bring everybody together in the Justice League, meet each other for the first first time in in this one, in the animated universe, um, it was... um, Darkseid. Darkseid and the uh, the paratroopers invade uh, Metropolis, right? And they all are invade various parts, mostly Metropolis, right? And then mm-hmm. the Justice League has to band together and fight. Sure. And then they had kind of a PS sequence at the end where it shows um, Amanda Waller and Lex Luthor go into a uh, you know, secret bunker. Yeah. Secret bunker somewhere. Right. And then Waller and, and they have their usual like conversation. And then Waller says something to Luthor and, uh, Luthor goes, well, what makes you think we have the ability to take them down? And Waller says something like, oh, well, I've got a secret weapon. And she opens the door and you know, him and they walk into a, you know, a, an off room in the secret bunker. And then there's a tube with water and you just see, um, Aquaman and they've trapped Aquaman somehow and Aquaman's like banging on the glass trying to get out right and you know basically you know looking at him with when I get out of here you two are fucking dead right like and you know so do those aliens a third corn yeah exactly so do that at the end like just have that honestly like rip that off frame for frame and then do that with uh yes i agree uh, i think that they were gonna the do that of, sort of thing they would they wouldn't be using jason momoa as a hey we cast this guy here's a picture of him on a magazine like they would be yeah, sort of like, let's keep it a secret i don't know i would just do that because like there's no i don't know i it's it's a lot to do i think i would just if, maybe if, i'm just thinking back to the marvel thing too much where it was like oh shit sam jackson this movie oh shit there's a ps scene oh shit I've yeah like just that, I no know. one knew what there was there that's what i would do I, that that's me personally but i mean they've probably already got most of this movie shot in films, oh, yeah, right? sure. yeah so. and the next one and the next one <laughs> yeah they're on to the next one on to the next one and so are we um <laughs> the heroes reborn trailer oh. How do you feel about this? Just I will give it a shot. <laughs> really? You're going to give it a shot? I, I will. I will give it a shot, much as I and, and I actually saw it, and there were a few audio uh, beats in that trailer that I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should rewatch the first season of Heroes. It's been a while. Not all of it. Like, how many episodes were in the first season of Heroes? Probably 20. Yeah, well, it was like 22 or something, right? Oh, yeah, and, like a, a And season. then you're only supposed to watch everything except the last two. 
If I well, remember. even then, I mean, like, I, that would be, like, I would even suffer through the last two just to be like, all right, and now I watched the first season, and now I'm done. Because the first season was pretty fantastic, except yeah. for the climax. The climax was god-awful. Well, it was, it was all based around this interesting mystery, and then it basically all got revealed, and they could have more or less ended the show there as far as I was concerned. Yeah, and they, but they did, they also didn't have good action beats, though, to end. That's to, absolutely true. Yeah, they didn't have the good action beats, to that you needed to put a proper cap on that first season because like no and then that's why i want to give just a spoiler series. alert you know spoiler <laughs> alert on a you know decade old show right <laughs> well it's not a decade but it might be around that close to a decade it's, it's like 2007 yeah. or 2008 right for i don't even think it was that late i want to say like 2005 but sorry yeah go ahead no i was just saying they just they they completely messed up the um like because i remember the arc of heroes pretty well and it was like the first 22 episodes were pretty fantastic and then the last two were pretty terrible and they did a terrible job of setting up for season two. Oh yeah and the like the last two episodes they didn't have and they didn't they didn't have the action beats or the satisfying conclusion that they had for this like like i said 22 week mystery that we had like mystery journey that we'd been on and then a couple people died at the like a couple of the characters die at the end which is mm -hmm. you know good because you want to do stuff like that you want to create the the allure you want to make sure that that's you want to let people know that that's a thing that can happen exactly right and they but did that then. <laughs> they did that and it was okay but um as far as the siler stuff go it was went it was pretty weak because basically what happened was if i remember it correctly and i only watched it once or twice so i might be and it was you know several I, years I ago i think i only saw it once but i still remember it pretty well it was like him, the cheerleader, and Peter Petrelli were standing there, and then a hero all of a sudden shows up behind him, and Siler just kind of goes, "Hey, who the hell are you?" And then hero stabs him. And yeah, he literally like, appears out of nowhere, stabs him through the stomach, yes, and, and then, then disappears. And then disappears, and then Siler goes like, "Ha!" And then um, everybody's like, "Well, guess we saved the day." It and then starts going nuclear. Yeah, and then it was, and then it was wrap up beats, wrap up beats, wrap up beats, and then. You see I guess a bloody it, trail crawling towards the sewer. Yeah, you see a bloody trail crawling towards the sewer, and then Hiro was in like the Ido era Japan, <laughs> like that, and it was like, what? And then season two, I remember, was a fucking disaster because, but I, I chalked it up to I believe that I don't was. I really, remember what most of the series after that. I blanked in and out. You completely blanked because I th I was going to ask you if you watched. There are, there are a few moments like I remember the. Because I think I told you this, like, I had this kind of thing going with myself. I'm like, this show just keeps getting worse, and I'm kind of fascinated to see how far down it can go. Yeah, you were, you watched it with, like, like the way I watched True Blood, where you love it because you hate it so much, right? Like, Basically, yeah. Like, like, I kept watching it, just seeing what depths it could fall to. And they, the, the big mistake, I think, that they made looking back now is they basically kept Siler. Like, we basically got all of his story in the first season, and they kept yeah. him as the primary threat for the entire show. Because everybody loved him so much, right? He was he got so much juice. He was the only one on that show who was a decent actor, as far as I can remember. Also true, yeah, because, like, because, uh, like, uh, Hayden Panettiere, she, I don't think she's going to be back for this reboot, right? Because she's on that um, Nashville show that everybody seems to like. So I don't think... I don't know whatever became of anyone on that show, honestly. All I know is uh, Siler ended up becoming Spock, and yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, well, Hayden Panettiere, I mean, she's found a niche. Like I said, I think the show's called Nashville. I don't watch it because it's I, based on, like, country music and yeah, sure. country music. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite genre of music. So it has nothing to do with like, I don't hate country, but it's just not my thing. And so like a show called Nashville, which I believe is based around country music has absolutely no appeal to me. Oh, sure. Of course. Um, but like, I don't know who's coming back. We know, uh, Masioka is coming back. And, yeah. uh, I think the guy who played horn room glasses guy, which was going to say whose name I can't remember. That was literally Something his character. Bennett. Wasn't it? It was like horn room well, glasses That's what his guy. name was until we realized that he was the, uh, Noah Bennett. There it is. Noah Bennett. Yeah. Good play. He was Claire's dad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause like, I remember season two in heroes had that awful, arc with the spanish brother and sister oh that's right like oh god they were terrible and that that bride the girl who just killed everyone every time she's stressed out yeah i guess she was like the scarlet witch in in some sort of way because yeah because like anytime she freaks out she would get like black eyes and she would kill everyone everyone around her would just die and it was this whole vaguely religious thing because her brother would calm her down and then everyone would come back to life yeah it's terrible that was when that show now season two i believe also got chopped up because of the writer's strike. Yep, it did. Because I remember thinking, okay. And, and I, I give them a lot of leeway on that because yeah. a lot of good shows did not survive that strike. No, I did I did too. And I started watching season three because I was like, okay, season two was an unmitigated disaster as far as Heroes went. But I was like, it was, you know, the right, it was in the middle of the writer's strike. They had to chop up episodes and then they had to like quickly write like the back 10 episodes of season two and whatnot. So I was like, okay. Swing and a miss, but an understandable swing and a miss. So let's cut back in for season three. And then season three was awful and had absolutely no direction. And they brought in uh, a couple other guys. They brought in the guy, I can't remember his name. He played Max Cherry in the Tarantino in Jackie Brown to play like the Petrelli's father. And just, oh God, everything about season three was terrible. And season three did the thing, did one of the worst writing things. Like in terms of writing, and how you're supposed to structure stuff in a three act structure with, you know, some consequences. Mm-hmm. They completely ignored that. Cause I remember they built up in season three and this is when I refused to stop watching the last episode of heroes. I watched was somewhere in the, towards the end of season three. And they had an entire season four that I didn't watch. Mm-hmm. And I'd never finished season three because I was so pissed off at what they did two thirds of the way through season three, because they built up, um, the eclipse in season three. Oh, that's right. Remember that? They, it, yeah. The whole arc of season three was the eclipse, the eclipse, the eclipse. What's going to happen when the eclipse comes? And then we find out when the eclipse comes, when it happens, all the heroes lose their powers. Mm-hmm. And they just become human again for the brief, however, you know, the brief duration of the eclipse. Which, if you're following the rest of the series, and it's supposed to be like this whole, oh, the next step of human evolution thing, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And no, doesn't, I, guess doesn't all, I guess they're all powered by the sun. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. And so, yeah, I guess they're all solar powered is the thing. And not only that, but when the eclipse actually occurs, the episode where the eclipse occurs, nothing of consequence happens as a result of the eclipse. Like, basically, they just lose their powers for an episode. And Well, it was, it was just a... Um... Uh, character building thing like who are these people without their powers because the only thing that I remember from that episode is there was the last chick the one yeah the one girl the speedster Daphne I think was her name something like that yeah Yeah, whose character was awful she lost her speed and and it became apparent that she had like cerebral palsy or something like that yeah the crutches or MS or something like that yeah Yeah, she had had something and she had the the crutches and was uh, 
uh, yeah, she had the the the, the walkers, right? She had to use. But, the yeah, she had the uh, Jimmy crutches. And um, yeah, that was the only thing of reverence that happened, though. But like, you kind of and for that character, you were kind of like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. But other than that, nothing of. No, like, that, like that's literally all I remember. I'm yeah. sure there was something else. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but no, I swear let's to get God. back to I, the hero action. Yeah, I think like um, Noah Bennett had like a couple of he took like a couple of shots at somebody with a sniper rifle. I think it's Siler. Yeah, I think it was Siler didn't have his power. Like, this is the point. Like we've got because that's the other thing. Like that was like a whole like oh you know this is the one day that we can't use our powers despite the fact that eclipses last for like nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the longest. But it was like uh, you know I'm gonna take this opportunity and this is when I'm finally gonna kill Siler. Yeah. And wasn't able to do it. Of course not. God, it was so bad. Why would they ever do that? That was the new one. I, I kept watching after that, and the uh, episode or I stopped watching. <laughs> and I'm not sure that it continued after this point, but I can't see how it I think worked. it did. It had four seasons, so... Oh, boy. I think it was the third season finale, then. Okay. And for, like, the rest of the season after the eclipse, after, like, that mid-season thing, they were building up to this big, like, epic showdown between... Um, Peter and Siler again. Yeah, the, power, the guys uh, who have all like the, the power. Time. Um, and they ended up having a fight scene that was off camera. Like they were in um, Nathan Petrelli's office, and Nathan oh, yeah? was there too. And they kind of like flew out the window, and you hear like all these big like fight effects happening off screen. Like they fly out the window and up, and all you can see is things happening like above the building, but you can't see beyond the range of the window, <laughs> so you have no idea what's happening. Oh, God. And then somehow, <laughs> I forget awful. what happens exactly, but it ends up being like a big storm outside, something happens, collateral damage, yada, 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 and Nathan Petrelli ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, Peter is able to subdue Siler, <laughs> and then like Mrs. Petrelli and Chapman show up, and, and Chapman puts the mind control whammy on Siler to make him think that he is Nathan Petrelli. Oh, God. And... Uh, <laughs> And and uh, he's got the shape shifting ability that he stole from somebody, so he literally just becomes Nathan. Petrelli. Yeah, he stole it for he stole it from the. Oh god, that so is brainwashed into thinking that he's Nathan. He's already learned like he he had a power that he could like touch Nathan and gain all of his memories, memories and stuff like that. And he had yeah. the shape shifting ability, so he could literally just become Nathan. Oh god, that's so dumb. And it's like, well, our son's dead, but now we have this replacement son. That sounds <laughs> that's also so be a serial killer. Awful. Cool, let's end the season. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no more. I'm done. Yeah, you tap <laughs> so right have your there. big action scene completely off screen and then just retcon the character's death literally <laughs> 45 seconds after he dies. Oh my god, that god is damn. some kind of awful. Yeah, I remember that he didn't have shape-shifting ability. There was that one chick who had power to create illusions and he like... No, he did because for a while what? that season he went on because he was, there was a part of that season where... um. Uh, he was working with Noah Bennett, like to kind of bring in these rogue supers. Yeah, and and they do. And one of the rogue supers has like, uh, if he touches somebody, he can then change into them, like sort of like a mystique, but he has to absorb their DNA first. So I guess more like an anamorph. <laughs> no, he's he's like the everyman that way. I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So once he makes contact with them, so he basically like. I forget how it is, but the guy who he steals this ability from, like, has this sort of, you know, who's the real Siler moment where he transforms into Siler, tricks Noah Bennett into thinking that he's killed Siler for a few episodes. <laughs> oh. But it turns out that he just 
became like some you know random cop and just okay well i'm going on vacation ha <laughs> back to serial killing <laughs> god that's terrible because like i remember he did steal... like, well, that's pretty bad but i'm gonna keep watching and then i watched that atrocious finale because <laughs> <laughs> like i remember he did steal like the powers there was the one broad who had the powers in season one he killed or she in season powers she yeah, she had some... It wasn't like an illusion. She could tell people like a, something and then that thing would become true for that person. So no, 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 yeah, you're thinking of the other one. There, there was another chick who did that. She she had the power to actually create illusions. And oh. it, it was like the model chick, right? Um, oh, that, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then he killed her at the beginning of... Uh, season two. Season two. Because when he kills her... Because like, the, she had the one line or something. Because she was always eating, right? Like She was an extremely skinny chick and then she was always eating. Mm-hmm. And then I think that little kid who was like the, to me was the worst part of season one, the the kid who could uh, control oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever, he was awful. And um, you know she tried to steal him so that he could she could rig the election or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. he sees her eating all the time, and he goes, "If you keep eating that, you're gonna get fat." And she she says something to him like, "I am fat" or something. Oh, like that's that, right, right, yeah. And then when Siler Siler like killed her in season two and bra- like he brained her with something and then stole her powers and then yeah, it, they just that. used like a body double and it was just like a like a fat. Like, I actually thought that was kind of a cool scene because it shows like the first half of that episode where like Siler's like recuperating from his wound and he's like on like a beach, <laughs> yeah, then, like this uh, cabana hut and everything like that. And he grabs a mug and his brains are in there just in like this dingy warehouse. <laughs> yeah, because like that was the thing. She 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 could create illusions, right? She wasn't a shapeshifter, but like her powers alleged, you know, like yeah. <laughs> like basically. No, there, there was a guy later that season or in the third season who was a genuine shapeshifter. Genuine shapeshifter. <laughs> all right. Well, either way. So you're going to be back in on this show, <laughs> despite all <laughs> the shitty, <laughs> shitty plot lines. Listen, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm going to give it like an episode or two to yeah. see if I get interested again. See if you can recreate that magic that we got. Um, like I said, and, and well, here's the thing. Um, if you would have talked to me seven years ago, where and said, hey, there's a new superhero TV show coming out. I would be like, all right, we're fresh on the tail of, um, you know, Arrow. Uh, Smallville. No, like seven years ago. So oh, we're yeah, fresh on the true. tail of like shitty heroes. Not great, but I mean, some people liked it. Smallville, um, that sort of thing. I think there was a short-lived Electra series for a while. Is that true? Um, can't remember off the top of my dome piece to be honest. But uh, yeah, anyway, something like all of that garbage, I would say no, I'm not willing to give this sort of show a shot again. But uh, we've had good TV superhero shows again where they wouldn't need to necessarily have. Um, the like, problem is they can have fights on screen now. They can afford that. <laughs> the problem is it's NBC, and NBC has been the worst of the big three for a good three or four years now, and they have been behind on everything. And to me, this is this them going, oh, uh, you know, Arrow and and Flash seem to be popular, and and CBS is picking up this Supergirl show. Why don't we dust off that old hero show we used to have? People used yeah. to like that, right? And I don't know if they're bringing back the same writers. If they're bringing back an all-new crew of writers... Like they, they switched writers like three times. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. If they're bringing... It's, this entire show hinges on the writers, I think. Well, of course. And yeah. here's the thing. And, and, like, I'm not in 100%. I'm back in, like, 40%. But I've already yeah. got NBC. Like, You'll give them a shot. It costs me anything right? to give this yeah. show a shot. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're, you're and, and, and if it's if it's anywhere like close to decent, you'll be the first person I'll let know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll probably give it a shot too, so just so we can talk about it on the pod and stuff. Oh, but sure, like, yeah, even if it's just like a forty-five second throwaway. Well, yeah. <laughs> you It'll were be... right; I was wrong. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe we'll break down the first episode and be like, "Did they recreate the magic? No, no, they did not." And here's why. Magic. <laughs> um, speaking of recreating the magic. Uh, we got an Independence Day sequel. We're always using these segues. Pardon? We're always using these segues. Yeah, you got to pay. I'm practicing my skill. So we got an Independence Day sequel. Do we? Yeah. This is the first I've heard of that. How do you make that sequel? Is Jeff Goldblum in it? Tell me Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in it. Yes! Which is all that matters. Oh, boy. I don't... Is the ghost of Randy Quaid... (laughs) (laughs) The ghost of Randy Quaid... Actual Randy Quaid might just uh, run on set for it. Bill Pullman's also back. Oh, good. Vivica, in fact, I, that's I, all you really need. <laughs> I feel like they've got most of the people back except for Will Smith because he he costs too much money. Obviously, all you need is a quick like forty-five second cameo in the first episode from Will Smith to say like, "Hey, I'm retired. I'm with my wife and kids now. It's been twenty years." Yeah, Brent Spinner's back. Oh, really? Well, I don't yeah. know how. He was killed in the first one. He's not doing anything else. He'll be off the ground. Maybe he's playing a different character, but he's back. Um, it's called Independence Day Canada. Resurgence. Mm-hmm. Resurgence, of course. Because, you know, they're going to be back. Oh, you can explain this plot away so easily. You just told me the title, and I can tell you the premise of this show. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, it's been 20 years since Independence Day. These aliens are from 20 year, light years away. Round two. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty. That, I mean, I'm sure that's pretty much it, right? Yep. But I guess they get a software upgrade to, uh, you know, they're probably. Of course. Of course. They, they're going to need some yeah, kind listen, of. I mean, yeah, Jeff Goldblum can hack the mothership with his iPhone. <laughs> that's what I don't get, right? Like, like they were taken down by like the MacBook One. I mean, we've got Apple watches now and stuff, right? Like they're going to show up and we're going to be like, ah, you know, let's take that. You know, oh, the aliens are back. Well, there's an app for that, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were ready for this jelly. Yeah, but yeah. now the aliens have got like you know spy bot and Adaware and stuff like that. <laughs> they're ready. They're ready for those viruses. Spam busters, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, got AVG Pro. <laughs> they paid the twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, they they got them for the full version. Full version. We weren't ready for that. No one pays for that. <laughs> they're like only one person. Only one person ever bought the full version of AVG, yep. and it was the aliens. And now they're coming to kill us. Oh, good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I'm excited. I'll watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm t- I will be there for it. If the gold bloom is there, so am I. That's oh, all. God. Yeah. Can you put it out on Big Willie weekend, too? That would be perfect. Oh, God. Um, I imagine they have to, right? Well, they're aiming for summer of next year, I think. Okay. Uh, so July 4th of next year, I think, is a Tuesday. So that doesn't quite work. Or, sorry. What did I say? Next year? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like June. They're aiming for like June, I think, of next year was my. Uh, fair enough. So yeah, they, if they do it at the end of June, then everyone can go like the Im- Independence Day weekend. And <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like a big. It's definitely gonna be a big summer movie for 2016. That's that's definitely the plan. They got Roland Emmerich back to direct it. The problem is that you can't blow up. Um, the White House again. Y- yeah, well, you can't blow up monuments again, right? Because it's a post. Yeah, we're in a post 9/11 world. Yeah, we're in a post 9/11 world where you can't blow up stuff anymore right <laughs> well it feels weird i don't know i mean we still have disaster movies they just can't be you but you can't government buildings anymore specifically blow, blowing up specific buildings that have names right because it's just like, did anything specific did anything like uh of um 
fame get blown up in like um, San Andreas or 2012 or any other Roland Emmerich movie? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, Roland Emmerich, like, what have we had since uh, 9/11? We've had The Day After Tomorrow. We've had uh, 2012. We've had uh, like all these disaster movies that Roland Emmerich is known for. I'm sure he's blown up some famous landmarks. Yeah, maybe you might be right. I haven't checked out. Uh... Uh, San Andreas yet, but I got to. Uh, but you may bring up a point because, like, that whole thing takes place in uh, California, right? So it's possible that there was a uh... right, right. And I mean, he did do White House Down, right? True. So, I, well, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He, well, he did do White House Down, so I, 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 I just, I just knew that you were like, oh yeah, Roland Emmerich's on board. I'm like, well, of course he is. Yeah. Well, I assume <laughs> exactly in his wheel. I haven't seen White House Down because it's you know just random movie fluff even though i do love both channing tatum and jamie fox but uh <laughs> yeah i just i mean i i assume the the white house got blown up parts of it in that one anyway man just loves blowing up the white house what are you gonna what are you gonna say um historically the white house has been burned down before and that didn't stop it <laughs> yeah it's true four of eighteen twelve bitches um all right one last thing and then we'll get out of here um Video game news. E3 happened, and um, well, first off, I'd like to extend a big FU to Rocksteady and Warner Brothers Games and everybody responsible for that Batman Arkham Knight port that I'm still not able to. Specifically the port. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah, I said port. Yes. <laughs> Those jackasses. Because I haven't played the... I, I'm probably going to have to shell out 600 for a bleeping ps4 to finally play this game that game sounds amazing from what i've heard about it <laughs> yeah i know um i've been, I've I've been, been avoiding the, uh, i've been avoiding series. any kind of i've been avoiding any kind of spoilers anything for that yeah batman arkham knight because it's the one thing like normally i don't spoilers don't really bother me but for this thing i'm just like no 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 i want this to be to be me um new mass effect game Yep. Announced at E3. And this is another case, just like our Independence Day Resurgence, where as soon as I heard the title of it, I'm like, of course that's how they're doing the plot yep. for the next one. Mass Effect like, Andromeda. Yeah, because as soon as Mass Effect 3 happened and basically all the galaxy's problems got solved, for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, depending, depending on how you play it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'm like, well, they, they, how do you do another Mass Effect now? Because you basically have to do a, a different person's story um you can't have your shepherd anymore um they have and so said, like sorry they, i was gonna say the one thing that they've had they have said when or the one thing they did say when they um announced mass effect andromeda mm-hmm. and gave that really cool teaser trailer for it mm-hmm. um the one thing they did say was make sure you've got your saves still there oh no and i'm sure they would have to like i'm just saying that it might end up being like a not as consequential as the last one, because with a title like Mass Effect Andromeda, this mm-hmm. is going to be set in a different galaxy. Yes, we're... I'd be interested to see, and I suspect that there will be humans involved, but I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you can play a. Uh... Well, it might. It, it'll probably be entirely different species. Yeah, you can play like, an entirely different species. Humans might be in there. There might be one or two characters, like. Yeah, yeah, maybe they, I'm just saying maybe they give you the option to play a different species, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, two things I want out of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how far ahead in the future they're going to put it. I'd imagine they'd have to kick it up a hunt, like at least a at least a century, right? They're going to kick it up at least a century, so that way they right. can yeah. say that everything has 
dissipated from settled yeah settled is a better word from like, from the universe from the, from the fallout of whatever happened from the fallout of the universe we, we can't even destroyed. really give spoilers here because there's a well i guess it comes down to a few different things yeah it's not like countless things but no even so and you know what quite frankly mass effect is an old game so like if i'm not giving a spoiler alert on the mass effect actually game. that's interesting there's there's one ending that you could have had that would make it impossible for humans to be <laughs> which is that ending i didn't play that ending okay um go ahead so and throw it out can, there for can me can i give the spoilers <laughs> yeah you go right ahead uh so at the end of mass effect 3 you're basically given a choice for how you want the the galaxy to turn out you end up building your kind of galaxy saving MacGuffin device um and you as shepherd as the savior of the galaxy are given the choice for how you want it to go um, and if you build it up a certain amount by completing a certain number of missions in the game, you're given a third choice on top of the original two. Um, so the three choices, I don't remember the exact names of them. Um, one of them is like eradication or something like that, where basically you destroy the Reapers by destroying all technology in the galaxy, which basically would make sure that everyone's safe, but you're basically back in the Stone Age which would preclude the humans from getting to a different galaxy within a hundred years. Um, the other two are, um, there's one that I forget what it's called, but basically you start, you can, I think it might be control where you control the reapers. And I think Shepard ends up becoming like a reaper him or herself. Yeah. He, I, I think I've seen that one. He becomes kind of like um, uh, the board queen. Sort yeah, of thing in, so like, in first like contact, this. right? When we yeah, yeah. So you kind of, uh, mm -hmm. instead of being eradicated by these, you know, life eradicating machines, you end up controlling them. And so the universe still, the galaxy still has technology, but you've kind of traded away your humanity for it. Um, and the third ending, which I think people are generally calling like the, the best ending, is synthesis, mm -hmm. where, um, and this is the one that you had to do some extra work to unlock is uh it basically fuses all organic and uh artificial life forms together so that everyone is like part organic part machine and so at the end you see like joker and he's got like all these like sort of omni tool-esque like holograms floating around him and he's walking fine and everything like that oh, and he cool. is, technically is like you know organic at that point as well so it's a uh, it yeah. is, it's kind of like the good ending, and it's it's one where you could see like, okay, well, maybe humans have their lifespans expanded by this. Yeah, mine was uh, I can't remember, but basically what happened for my Mass Effect ending was um, I had my shepherd shoot the thing, and then somehow everything worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that was essentially what happened. Like shepherd under a pile of coats. <laughs> yeah, like well, because that's what happened was because like my he basically he blew the damn thing up. And then it ended up killing all the Reapers. And then you see um, the crew of the Normandy and they're staring at his, uh, you know, they're staring at the board that has all the people who died on it. You know, that the in memorandum thing where they put the names up on the board mm -hmm. and they've got one that says Commander Shepard. I can't remember if it was Liara or uh, Ashley Williams because my Ashley was still alive. One of them's holding it, and they're like, "Do we do we put the shepherd name on the board?" And then she ultimately decides, you know, she does the no, we're not putting his name on the board because he could still be out there. And then you know the credits roll, and then there was like a big uh, 
there there was like this big victory. It was it was essentially like the ending of Return of the Jedi, where they were having the big victory party after they blew up the Death Star. Yeah, and then. It cuts. So, yeah, I never saw that ending. That's you never saw that ending, and then it cuts. No, no, down. I had the synthesis ending, so oh. I saw like Joker and Edie both living like the better life on a on a nice planet. Oh, that sounds pretty <laughs> because cool. Because they're both like techno organic at this point, so their union has, makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes actual sense as opposed to yeah. no sense it, it originally made. But like, yeah, it's oh no, cool. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah, it was. It was I like, didn't like that necessarily. Like that, that felt pretty pretty video gamey too. Yeah, that... like hey, we got this like you know relationship between sexy joker robot. who's a fun character and an ai let's give her a sexy female body yeah and uh well yeah so the crew of the normandy basically decided in my ending they were like we're gonna put the name up no we're not because in, in fact we're gonna now devote the normandy to finding to see if shepherd's still alive mm-hmm. and then the way my ending was <laughs> mass effect for the search for shepherd <laughs> sure yeah it's, uh, it essentially could be that the way my ending. <laughs> that's basically and, yeah that's star trek three right <laughs> yeah because he goes they go like we're not gonna you know like and then they the normandy like gets up and fly it flies off and then the credits roll and at the end of the credits there's like a bunch of rubble on some planet unknown you know somewhere and you see the n7 and then like in the in the amidst the rubble you see the n7 armor mm-hmm. and then right before it cuts you just hear <gasps> and then and then like and then oh, and, see, you know, and the N seven armor moves and you're like oh my god he's alive <laughs> oh man anyway couldn't be looking forward uh, any more forward to this game I'm pretty juiced because this is going to be the first uh, Mass Effect I get to enjoy with the rest of the world too because I played the uh, that's right the three well after they had been released. Yep, I actually take a lot of pride in that. I've got a, a pretty strong track record. If I don't recommend things to you often, it's more the case that you'll recommend something to me. Yeah. Uh, but there's like two or three things I've recommended to you ever, and you've kind of fallen hard into them. I'm actually wearing my N7 sweat hoodie right now. Ah, uh, so jealous of that hoodie. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. <laughs> um, Anyway, two I, I mentioned this earlier. Two things I want to see in this Mass Effect game. Two things I have to have as 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 a massive fan of this. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of Leara's species. The Asari. The Asari. Thank you. The sexy blue chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they established in that video game that that those, those live for like. Thousand five hundred to a thousand years. Five hundred yeah. to a thousand years. So I want to see a couple of them. It doesn't have to be Leara specifically. But I want to see a couple of um, uh, I want to see a couple of them back. I, I or, or at least one. Give me at least one. The yeah, other one. I agree. Tally species. Yep. Uh, what, are, what are they? Quarians. Quarians. Thank you. Um, if you played the game properly, as I did, yeah, or, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say properly because if you didn't play the game this way, then you're heartless. And I yeah, you're completely heartless. <laughs> like, <laughs> you didn't. That you ended up saving their um, world, their world, their home world, and getting their planet back. So the time has come. One way or another. <laughs> yeah, one way or another, right? The time has come, and I, like I said, I assume that they're gonna boot this game, this Andromeda game. So it's like at least a uh, hundred years in the future, right? Hmm. Um, so they will have settled into their planet. Um, 
I think it's time we see the Quarians without their little uh, hazmat suits, space hazmat suits on. Now, I can't confirm this because I didn't research, like, every possible consequence of every choice in Mass Effect 3 like I did in Mass Effect 2, which is... The greatest video game of all time, or it's, on the, it's, on the it's, list. It's like my number, it's my number two game of all time. Yeah, it's on the short list of, of greatest video games of all time, Mass Effect 2. Absolutely. So, uh, but I think that if you romance Tally in the third game, you did see her without the face mask. Well, I, don't, I can't confirm that. I, I saw the spoiler for this. What it is, is um, she sends you a, because you know how you have the things where you get the picture of your, in Mass yeah, Effect really 2, right? Yeah, whoever you romance in Mass Effect 1, there'll be a photo of them in, like, uh, Liara or... Yeah, Ashley or or Caden or whoever, depending on which way your shepherd swung, mm-hmm. um, whoever it was, there'd be a photo of them there. I guess what happens is you have a conversation with Tally, and then Tally says, "I left you a gift in your your office or whatever it is, your quarters." And you go up, and there's a photo of Tally, but it's all like lens flared and stuff. Oh, I see. So, so you don't get, get it. yeah, so you don't get a full on look of it because i had to see that i was like whoa you get to see one of these guys with their masks off i have to know right like david garris had your thumb over the lens yeah it was essentially what it was i guess it, it's lens flared so you can see some of it but they still leave a bit a lot of to the imagination yeah lots of the imagination and uh quite frankly i don't trust my imagination and my imagination's stupid so in this mass effect game well, i would fair. like them to just flat out show me what they look like that's fair the thing is is if they are like that because they've been traveling in space and they can only exist on their home world without the suit you're not going to see that home world in another galaxy no that's you might true. find but, another planet with similar attributes but again uh, I, like i said i assume they'll boot this game 100 years into the future so they, they, you can easily make up some space nonsense. For, so it'll be it'll be Corians, but uh, my tally will be long dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That was like, a female character in that game that I was completely fine with allowing to be like my best friend, but not a romantic interest. Like she was cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like well, when, I when it came down to suicide mission time, I'm like, I don't like care. Like I, I've gotten to know all of these characters. There's a couple that like if I had to choose, yeah, I'm okay I mean, with like, them dying. But like I don't want any of them to die. And Tally's like the, one of the highest on that list. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you didn't put her in the tube then i uh, know i put legion in the two yeah, I, I, I put legion in the two too because he was my boy and i'm like i only trust legion with this job <laughs> like, I, oh, I trusted both of them i just yeah. wasn't willing to put them in danger <laughs> I, the first time i did that i guess it's mission. over that entire scene yeah. i played the suicide mission took me like two and a half hours did it oh like I, I agonized well i i i went through it oh i i was sweating bullets the first time i played it but i got through it with no deaths the first time i played it um First time I played it, my grunt died. Did it? Oh, that's terrible. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't expect it to hurt so much, but it does. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh, man, like, yeah. Of all people, you don't think that you would be that strongly attached to him. Like, no, my tube, son. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh... since birth. <laughs> my, uh... My son, my son. What was it? My, my, my shepherd, uh, the, his, like, my main, because I played through Mass Effect 2, um like three or four times because it was so awesome. And I eventually like romanced all the girls in that one. But uh, my main shepherd that was like, that I played, you know, one through three uh, with was uh, Jack in 
Uh, he romanced Jack in, in Mass Effect too, and um, yeah, I went through that suicide mission just going like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna fuck this up so bad." And I, you know what? I hope we, I hope we get that, uh, get to recreate that feeling with this new Mass Effect game. My uh, main shepherd stayed loyal to Liara all through the second game, so I had the uh, the like my quarters alone, staring longingly at this photograph instead of a romance scene. Well, I will say I didn't have the. Um, uh, the first time I played Mass Effect 2, I didn't have the the DLC with her. Oh yeah. So no. well, yeah. It, well, the second time I played through it, I had the DLC for Mass Effect 2. Yeah. So for me, it, it was kind of like that too. Where so I was, was, it was like the cherry on top for me. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, wow, like because when I went back and played it the second time, when I was like, oh man, I didn't did, like attach the DLC. So I went back and through my second play, and I attached the DLC, and I was just like wow missed opportunity like just say, like, you would have loved that kasumi mission <laughs> yeah that was pretty damn awesome i was just like yeah i remember just going wow missed opportunity through the first play of this game yeah uh anyway i think that's a good note to uh to end this uh pod on um absolutely little housekeeping so that's so we we hit the comics uh and you know video game and nerd stuff uh this week uh, next week we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be getting back into the sports stuff because Craig's going to come back on and we're going to do, um, baseball is going to be in the, uh, all-star break. So that'll be a perfect opportunity for us to, um, uh, take a look at the over under podcast that we did and take a look at how some of the bets we made are doing and, uh, probably bitch about the Jays because they're in a tailspin right now. Oh my God. Lost three, three of, they went into Chicago against probably the second worst team in the majors and lost three or four so bad when they're in the middle of a tight race god this team so frustrating and then we'll get you back in two weeks because that ant-man movie's coming out we're gonna have to go see the ant-man and see what paul rudd's got to offer the marvel cinematic universe um so i guess kevin miller thanks for coming out and we'll see you in two weeks absolutely thanks for having me no problem take care everybody